0: First Peter 5 and 5. Now listen to this carefully. We'll break it down. Likewise, you younger. You can be seated. We're going to break it. Just try to do some teaching. Likewise, you younger. Spiritually younger is what he's talking about. Okay? First thing he says when he's speaking to this paragraph, this this. Uh, principles that he's trying to teach us. He says, You, ye younger, submit yourself unto your elder. That word elder is not an older person as in age, which it can be, but it's more so a position in the church. It's a person, uh, uh, it's actually meaning a clerk or either a preacher, the pastor. Amen. The ministry. That's what they call elders in the church. They're called, uh, I'm an elder because I've been in this a while. I'm pastoring for a long time. Amen. Um, So we are considered being elders. Okay. Understand. That's your first thing you got to understand. Likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto your elders. Yea. And all of you be subject. What he's talking about, every one of you that's in the body of Christ, every one of you that are born again to the kingdom, amen, and is brother and sister of the Lord, we all have to be subject one to another. All right? And be clothed with humility. We don't like that word. Amen? Come on. Somebody admit. We don't like that word. But it said, be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud. I'm going to say that we can look from all kinds of Proverbs and Psalms and different places in Scripture. God can't stand nobody that's got pride. Pride don't want nobody helping them. Pride won't let nobody, praise God, even if they think they can do it themselves, or because they know they're a failure, nobody, praise God, wants to, to give in and just say, help me. All right? God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Five and six says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. Now listen we know that God is a spirit so we cannot praise God just try to get God's hand to come down but spiritually praise God by scripture we understand what he's talking about when he talks about praise God the body parts because the church is the body alright him being the head of the body but the hand is what? The hand is the fivefold ministry. What is it? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of the faith, to a statue of the fullness of Christ, that we be no more children What tossed to and throw with ever wind of doctrine. So we have to understand, praise God, when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he's talking about the fivefold ministry. So you've got to humble yourself under that fivefold ministry that he may exalt you in due time. Five and seven said casting all A L L. All. Somebody say that word. All. That means everything. It, 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 don't, it puts everything, praise God, from Z or, or A to Z in the category. Everything's just name. Everything that, that, that troubles you or, or comes against you, praise the Lord, it said casting all your care. You know that there's a word that, None of us like, and it's a, it's because we feel sometimes um, capable, or or we don't like to feel handicapped. We don't want to say, "Help me!" Come on, when somebody prays, God is really in desperate. They're drowning, or, or they're about to fall, or. They're hanging on by the thread, doing everything they can, or you drive up on a wreck and they're screaming, help me, help me. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Until the church realized, hallelujah, that God wants you to say, help me. The ministry is here for you to say, help me. Amen? The ministry's not to hurt you. The ministry is here to help you, to assist you, praise God, to, to uh, uh, support you, amen, to get you back on track, amen. So casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. Now look at five and eight. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil. Everybody say, you're your adversary. You got an adversary that knows your weakness. He knows he watches you 24 7. Hell never sleeps or slumbers. Amen? Come on. Praise the Lord. How many's ever said it? Praise God. I, I wish to God I could get up one time and the devil would not be around. Can I tell you something? That's a bad thing to say. Because if he's not fighting you, he probably owns you. If you're not feeling opposition, hello? Amen? So we all have a, a adversary, the devil. But look what he says here. As a roaring lion, he sets only back roaring. I'm going to tell you something. The devil mostly is nothing but a... Threat or intimidation. Understand that he can't touch you. He can't devour you. He can Come on, praise the Lord until he gets permission, and permission comes from God or you. All right, walking about. Seeking, so he's always on the... Uh, he, I'm telling you, the devil's good at the job he does. Seeking whom he may buyer, who resisted steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions or accomplishments in your brethren that are in the world. Okay? So we're gonna talk about five things here that this open scripture uh, amen uh really puts emphasis on submission. When you're a young person, young in God, you've got to learn to submit to somebody. And what I'm talking about, not doing it out of, uh, of, uh, you know, we all we, we think uh, submission, man, I got to be under somebody. No, I'm talking about submitting to them and letting them be a uh, uh, your elder, be a watch over you, just to have care over you. Come on, just like a parent, praise the Lord. Amen. I promise you, praise the Lord. If you heard your baby cry, you're going to stop immediately. You know their voice, and you're going to run and check out and see what it is. Amen. Praise the Lord. So submission, to be submitted, humble. If you're not humble, the devil can devour you. Learn to cast in all your cares on him. Everything, praise God, that concerns you and you're going through, it concerns God. You think, well, I don't think God even cares about that. If it, if it concerns you, it concerns God. To be sober and to be diligent. All right? Hello? Amen? Come on, how many wants? Because we're going to title this, praise God, The Fight Against My Adversary. The problem, praise God, people don't understand the devil don't have no authority until you give him authority. He has no jurisdiction. He has no, he can't trespass. All he's doing is sit back. And you look and you you let fear grip your heart. Amen? Or you ain't watching over you, then you're prideful. Let me, let me say this Pride is not just having a brand new automobile and parking in the front door, it's not having a brand new outfit and coming up and flaunting it to everybody. Prideful is also bashful because you're worried about what people think about you. So if you take that, if you don't worry what people think about you, praise God, you you, you you probably won't be prideful. But if you're always fighting that, worried about what people think about you, what they say about you, trying to get their approval, amen? Listen, you don't have to have nobody's approval except God. All right? Amen. So we're going to let the pastor, praise God, take it, amen, and he can talk about, praise God, submit because that ain't, that ain't putting you under a, a rule where I come whip you or the ministry do it. It's not that. It's a, you're submitted, praise God, fully. It's like I told um, uh, Tommy and Bobby last week. I said, hey, y'all ain't been calling me in a while. Well, the last three days, Tommy, boom, boom, boom. Hey, pastor, just talk to me a little bit. You know it don't hurt, praise God, to be close to your man of God. I'm not a dictator, I, I, you know, but this is the point, praise the Lord. Just by calling us or my wife or either uh, Sister Tracy, I will say that's letting you know that you, you're, you're concerned about something and you can ask for prayer. And if you want to talk about something, let's be real about this. There are some people you don't need to pour yourself into. Come on. Facebook is the worst thing there is. Man, I it made me sick when I used to have it. I cannot believe it. People praise God. Please pray for me. And they posted on there. And they're so friends with so many whoremongers and adulterers and liars and thieves. And <laughs> I'm praying. <laughs> what are you praying to to Satan? No way. I don't want everybody praying for me. The Bible said, if any sick among you, let them call the elders of the church. Amen. So learn to submit to your elders. That's the first step.
1: Amen. Submission, you've heard us talk about it. It's protection. It's, a cover. it's protection. Uh, my wife and I, I don't. I don't have any clue how this came up, what we were watching, but there was a commercial there was something a lady on YouTube or something talking about uh getting a better night's sleep or something. I don't know, and she talked about she talked about um one way to get a better night's sleep is for you and your spouse to use separate covers. How many of y'all do that? Sister Katie, she, she says they do. Amen. Because how many know when, and this is just an example, guys, not trying to be carnal, but how many know when you and your spouse are sleeping in the bed together and you're under one cover? If your spouse is a restless sleeper or if you're a restless sleeper, And you go to turn over. My wife used to accuse me of this all the time. I'd take the whole cover with me. You stole the cover from me. Or if she does that, it's the same thing. And that is what submission is. We should be so close to God, to the man of God, to the word of God, that we are under that same umbrella of protection And when he moves, we feel it. And when we move, he feels it. Because how can two walk together unless they agree? And it's not, really, it's not even just my covering and myself, but really, it should work that way with the whole body. Because when we're under the same blanket of covering, and we're submitted to that same authority. When one hurts, we all hurt. Because that cover is being pulled and it's affecting both of us because we're not under separate. Now, I'm not preaching against you. If you choose to to sleep with a separate cover, then your spouse, you'll get saved. No, I'm joking. Amen. But when one hurts, the Bible says to rejoice with them that do rejoice, to weep with them that weep. Amen. That doesn't mean that we're all just under the influence of laughing gas at the same time, or we're all crying, boo-hoo, depressed tears all the time. But it means what affects our brother and sisters in the Lord is going to affect us because we care and we love so deeply. Amen. Brother Gary, I apologize. I usually send him these scriptures, and it completely slipped my mind. But... To be under one cover means that whatever our cover does, it moves us. It affects us. And it doesn't bother us because it's protection. It can be hot in the house. And I, when I'm asleep at night, I want a I blanket because I don't know what it is. When I was a kid, maybe this seems funny, but I thought that blanket protected me from the, from the boogeyman. It protected me from nightmares. It protected me. I mean, I would crawl as far under that cover as I could and just grab it as tight as I can. And it was a fear. And, and I'll tell you, it was before I got the Holy Ghost. I had a piece that came over me when I got the Holy Ghost that it didn't bother me anymore. But to this day, even if it's hot in the bedroom, I want a cover over me. Because I feel like it's my protection. It's my, why do they call it a comforter? Because it comforts you as you sleep amen that's the way we need to see submission it's not a scary word it's not something for us to buck against or rebel against it's protection and when our man of god see because we're not in a dictatorship god gave us a pastor according to his heart so he's leading us following god and we're supposed to follow him as he follows christ And he's not here with an iron fist slamming us when we do wrong, no. He wants to lead us like a shepherd. And if we go astray, we have that shepherd's hook that will grab and pull that sheep back in, not to hurt us, but to protect us from the wolf. Amen. But understand
0: this, in old scriptures, the shepherd that loved them sheep so much, when they'd keep running wandering off and he'd go get them cuz he knew the dangers out there from all the, of the predators. The Bible said that he would break its legs when he'd catch it and bring it back so it couldn't wander off no longer. Right.
1: Amen. And that's and that's what has to happen sometimes. Sometimes a pastor has to pray a prayer of Lord, whatever it takes for our protection. You've heard him talk about it, and I'm I'm getting ready to get to the scripture. But he prayed over Sister Tracy, Lord, if you have to put her in a wheelchair. And, you know, some people might say, well, that sounds cruel for a parent to pray that prayer. But she could go to heaven in a wheelchair. In in heaven, she's going to have a perfect body. But she could have a perfect body on earth and go to hell so whatever it takes because our first and 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 foremost goal is to make it to heaven and she didn't she didn't have to go to a wheelchair thank god but she was involved in a wreck and she did have to have rotator cuff surgery and it did affect her and it did change her but that's the prayer that's the prayer of that covering and i'm not saying that haughty god's had to bring me down i promise you uh, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Notice that obedience and submission go hand in hand. If you're not obedient, you're not submissive. It, it just, it con- it's, they're contrary. You can't, can't do one with the, without the other. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So they're watching. They're not just watching because they have a power kick or they're getting high off their authority. They're watching because the word of God gives them the responsibility that they have to give an account for your soul. So, And the Bible says, I don't know if we have this scripture, but the Bible says that if we don't preach the word to you, if we don't warn you, the sword comes to our house. We're going to be held in judgment. but it, blood And blood would be on our hand. But if we warn you and you don't listen, then we've preached. We've obeyed God. We've done our part. But we don't want to have to stand there in judgment and give an account and it be a negative account. Right. Um, because what does the Bible say? That, that if it's not with joy, if it's with grief, it's unprofitable for you. Let every soul, Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1 through 5. It says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. We need to thank God that Brother Gallimore, that we are submitted to the powers of God. We're not sitting under a hireling that just does this for money. He's skilled in so many different areas. He can do whatever he wants, mechanic work, um, plumbing, architecture. He's a master craftsman. He He can build a house from the ground up. He can do everything. You see this beautiful work in our church. I mean, he can go make money doing anything. But God called him to this position. It's ordained of God. Romans 13 and 2, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. So you're not just resisting us as pastors. You're resisting the law and the ordinance that God put in place. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Submission is as important as Acts 2.38, salvation, death, burial, and resurrection, salvation. And we as pastors can't sit here and preach to you and say, you have to have a covering. If we don't have a covering, how hypocritical would that be? We ourselves, Pastor Orton is submitted to his man of God, Bishop White. Bishop White has a pastor. I mean, it's an order, a godly, divine order that is placed for our good, for our protection. Um, Romans 13 and 3, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. So if you're doing good, there's nothing to be afraid of. But if you're doing evil, the ruler will be a terror to you. Wilt thou? It's funny, you, you got to be careful because you can go on a tangent, chase a rabbit, but it's funny the ones that you really need to examine yourself if you find yourself bucking against authority and submission. You need to, you need to look in the mirror really hard and dig deep and see what's in your heart because that's the terror of, of the evil works. Um, wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same it's very simple god puts a formula gives us a formula in his word <laughs> you don't want to be afraid okay do good it's that simple when are you guilty when are you bucking uh, when are when are you like they say the guilty dog the one that barks why because you have something That you're hiding. You have something within you that is not pleasing to God. And that's what's causing the friction against that authority. 13 and 4. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. We're not doing this in vain. We're not doing this uh, for no reason for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil a revenger so really we we're, we're fighting we're fighting a battle that's what we're doing and pastor orton is our captain he's our if you if you want to put it another way he's our coach ball teams have a coach and then most ball teams also don't only have a coach but they have a I think they also call it a captain. In basketball, they have one main player on the floor that's going to be that uh, that authority. Right. And without that, there's chaos. Right. Um. And finally, Romans thirteen and five. Wherefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. So you're not doing it just in fear of judgment. You're doing it. For your conscience sake, you want to have a clean conscience. You want to do it out of that humility and out of love for God. Amen. I have no idea if you're supposed to go to humble next or what. James 4 and
2: 5, if anybody wants to get that. We're talking about being humble.
0: yeah. yeah
2: yeah really I wanna play something in the uh <laughs> maybe it won't work out right, but a lot of people have such a um they have a false idea of what humility is of what being humble is. A lot of people think if they're quiet or if they're like he said, shy, it, it's, that's not humble. You can be, actually be a really loud person and, and be humble. But um, when, you, when your confidence is not in yourself, ever, when your confidence is in God, that's a sign of humility. I was going to play this for you. It's Billy Cole. I don't know if it'll come through here right, but we're going to try it.
0: Humility is not what you do. It's what you feel. You can get up and say, I am God's worst. I just really am nothing. And have so much pride and arrogance. Or you can get up there in the anointing of the Lord and say, I'm here in the will of God. God's anointing is upon me. And you're thinking, God, I am totally dependent on you. If this works, it's because you're going to perform a miracle.
2: That and the reason why I say that is because confidence, confidence is not in yourself, it's in God. Right. And sometimes, right. sometimes people can look at whomever is preaching, and when the anointing is on you. It does. It brings a boldness upon you. The Bible talks about anyone who has the Holy Ghost. You shall be You shall be witnesses. There shall be power given unto you. And sometimes even when you're witnessing, sometimes you can feel that boldness come upon you. And people might take it as, take it as arrogancy. But it's it's a continuation of it. So it's if you see someone up here operating in the Holy Ghost and it comes across that way, um, be mindful that it, it might actually be the Holy Ghost. Um, James 4 and 5 says, Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lust- lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore he saith, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace. What is grace? We've talked about this. The Bible says grace teaches us, and it says that he is the Father full of grace and truth so to me it's his word his word is our grace that's grace when I allow this word to work in my life the follower full of grace and truth when I allow him to work in my life that is grace so but it says but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud he resists the people who come in and they reject the word that's pride when you, reject, when you reject the word knowing that a scripture says a certain thing or you, re- you reject what the pastor is preaching across the pulpit that's backed up by the word, that is prideful. Um, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble because you're willing to be taught, okay? James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. You have to be willing to follow after. Um, Cleanse your hands, and it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. This scripture has been really sticking out to me lately because it's two different things. God just didn't say sinners. He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. So it's actions, okay? You sinners, but then it says, purify your hearts, because here it is. This is motives. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So if you don't know what you believe, if you're constantly tossed here and there, and you're all mad at so-and-so, and now you're not mad at so-and-so, that's double-minded. You're up, you're down, all right? And it, in the end, people may say, well, I'm not really a sinner. Well, if, you're, if you have that going on in your heart, there's no stability. As a Christian, you're double-minded. Um, James four and nine says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And then he's talking about how to get back to that humility. Um, four and 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. There it is. There's having that confidence in God. Um, something, and, and I'm not ashamed of this. I tell it a lot. But something that, that I have learned through barrenness is that life is not about me. I don't get my way. Um, I can't, you know, when you're a child and you, you get things you want and you, you have to learn as you get older, you don't get everything you want. You don't get it when you want it. And and it's not wrong to have desires and things that you want. But that's something that barrenness has taught me. And I am thankful for that. Because when people have looked at me, because it has been a a humbling process, the people that come to you and get personal with you, and you stick out like a sore thumb in, in the family full of yep. fertile women, I'm the only one who don't have kids. So therefore, it's like what what's wrong with what's wrong with them? It's like it's always out there, right? And I'm okay with it now because I know God has a purpose, and it has taught me. To have confidence in him through the bad times, through the loneliness, through the questions and the family dinners and all this. And yes, it's, it's taught me to be like, hey, you know what? God knows. That's, that's my answer to that. God knows. And when we go through things in our lives we don't understand, God is trying to teach us to trust him. Trust. When you trust someone else besides yourself, you're saying, hey, I'm not in control. Submission is, hey, I'm not in control. And sometimes some people may say, they preach submission too much. Or why are they on this again? Well, you don't know everything that's going on, okay? But also, we all need.
0: Right.
2: And, you know, I really think uh, probably 30 years ago, there wasn't a need for it like there wasn't, is now. The Bible talks about in the last days that there, what many would be offended. Why is there so much offense in these nowadays? Because everybody thinks they're so important. I'm so important, so I'm always offended. They're entitled. They are. And being barren for so long has taught me that I don't matter. That oh, God's God, ways yes. matter. So, okay, um, Matthew 23 and 11 says... But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. When you all get to go home, we might might get recognized as pastors. But when when y'all get to go home and sleep, we're worrying how the bills are going to get paid from time to time. We're worrying if so-and-so is going to show up to church. We're on our face crying out for the one who's sick. The, The higher up you go in the kingdom, the more your mind gets bogged down because you know so much. You become a servant all the time, whether it's in thought, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in in finances, doesn't matter what it is. Your whole motives, you turn into a servant, a complete servant. Your life is no longer your own. So if you say you want to be used of God, you better get ready because you will be used for the kingdom. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. 23 and 12 says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. If if the day that you're trying, I tell everybody this, the day that you're all about you, some ministry, your ministry, your ministry, your ministry, it ain't going to go anywhere. When you start saying the ministry that God wants or the ministry, my pastor's ministry, or how about just the kingdom in general? What can I do? I want to be available Um, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Why? Because, oh my gosh, so-and-so might have cleaned the bathroom, but have you seen how good that bathroom looks? It's the small things that matter, okay? Um, Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and the haughty spirit before a fall. And then it says sixteen nineteen says, Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. It's not worth it.
0: Man, that's good. Let me elaborate a little bit more on that. Uh, brother Chuck has been in the military. How many years was you in the army? Nine years. Nine years. And you spent even the first war at Iraq, didn't you? You was in a quake. Um, Sister Christine, she was in uh, the military. And let me say this. You don't go join and they say, oh, we're going to give you a $10,000 bonus. You're going to get this, you're going to get this, and getting paid. And when you join, the first thing they're going to do is break your will. You don't walk in there and say, hey, I'm all hillbilly. My Lord, I'm a redneck. I can shoot every gun that there is. Give me one. I'll show you. I'm going to kill everybody. There is a training procedure that goes through. They discipline your body and your mind, and then they start showing you how to trust and depend upon your leaders, and then also to be. Uh, brotherhood to bond together because you might be in a foxhole with only one other guy and you got to know that he's watching your back and you're watching his. That's the same thing in church. And listen, this is not a one man show. But when we learn to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, under his will, and his purpose, and say, Lord, I, I'm going to give everything to you. I promise you, when the enemy comes in and he sees you and you're submitted, immediately you're resisting him right there. You're pushing back the forces of hell right there. He can't touch you. If he comes to you, praise the Lord, amen. You say, hmm, That ain't what my pastor says. What happened to Eve? Her pastor was her husband, Adam. And he told her because God told Adam, don't eat it of the tree. The day you eat of the tree, you'll surely die. Okay. Amen. But she got close enough to, to hear the voice of the devil. And the devil tried to twist the word. And that's when he, one thing he does. Listen, if you don't know the word of God, don't get in a bait with people. You'll be consumed, turned around, praise God, and say, I'll get back with you. Call your elders of the church, praise God, somebody you trust, your pastor, amen, and say, what do I need to do about this? How do I need to handle about this? What, what It's my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister, amen, and they're throwing this at me. And I'm going to say this, the devil will use anybody he can to destroy you. Come on, how many believes that? All right? Anybody. So you've got to understand to be submitted and humble. You've got to be humble before you can even be submitted. All right? You don't know everything. I promise you, you're not going to. If any of you wants to call me, praise God, and say, Brother Lord, I want you to come to my house, and I want you to put a new roof on it. I'll say, Okay. And I start tearing the roof off. I'm going to put a new roof on. And I start at the bottom putting, you know, paper up. And then I ended up putting the shingles. You say, no, 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 no. I want you to start from the top and go down. You need to, what is it, what are you doing when you're submitting to your elders? Somebody that's already had experience enough, training enough, that's already fought the adversary, It's already defeated the adversary and knows how to get victory. All right. So I'm telling you, it'll save you a whole lot. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you'll learn to submit and humble. All right. I promise you will. Amen. I'm going to read. Praise the Lord. Exodus. I didn't give you Exodus. Yep, I did. Okay. Praise the Lord. He's right on the ball. I love you, Brother Gary. The Lord shall fight for you. Somebody say that. Somebody say that again because you need to believe that. The Lord Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold. You know why the Lord says that? Because when you open your mouth, somebody say this, life and death, They're in the tongue. You can listen. I've had people, praise God, speak against some things. And you know what God done? God said, okay, if that's what you want, I'll just let you keep going through the same old thing, same old thing. And that's that cycle. Compassing the same mountain, going through the same thing. Amen. But when you turn around, praise God, and say, no, the Lord's going to fight for me. Every battle is not yours, every battle is the Lord's. Amen. Come on, you're a child of God. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye. Come on, he invested in you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Therefore, praise God, let the Lord fight your battle and you hold your peace. Amen. First Timothy 6:11 says, "But thou, O man of God, flee these things, follow after righteousness." Godliness, faith, love, patience. Brother Chuck said his favorite word. Meekness. Then he says in 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. How are you fighting? You're fighting, praise God, by on your knees praying. There's one individual in this church that just was just about as bad as me, or even worse. About got to got to fight their own battle. Quit pointing your finger at Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always let him know and understand, Tommy. The less you say about it. Unless you get on your in your closet and you pray about it and give it to the Lord, the quicker you have victory, and the sweeter that victory will be. Amen. Hello, amen. That's how you fight. Lay hand hold on eternal life. Amen. Psalms one forty four and one said, "Blessed be the Lord my strength." which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I got a revelation on that. My hands to war and my fingers to fight. Read the word of God. What did the Lord use when he was fighting against Satan, his adversary? Every time he went to the word and he said, Satan, it is written. When When you don't, speak nothing else but the word of God your adversary hates it come on he'll try to twist it up and you'll say Satan it is written and I'm telling you the, the devil knows the word of God better than we do and when you use it against him I promise you praise the Lord amen you will, you will win now here's another one we're going to talk about Second Corinthians 10 and 3 to six. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons, what is a weapon? Weapon is something in a natural, a gun, knife, spear, bow, anything. I guess you can have a car nowadays. Anything you try to destroy. What is trying to destroy you? All right. So here's what it says: For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. When you learn to quit being carnal, we say that again. I remember Sister um, Sister Deb Deborah back there. Praise the Lord when she first started coming to church, somebody would get on her kid or make her kids mad or upset and I'd go to her and say, Sister, you'll see her flare up. Brother Orton, I'm getting ready to say something. I said, you better not. You're going to say something you're going to make it more worse. What do you do? Give the battle to the Lord. Go to your knees and pray. That's where we're talking about casting your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. He's wanting you. He's waiting, saying, "I don't know if they're going to be a fool this time or they're going to let me be the king." They're going to take that and they're going to mess it all up and put their hands in it when when it's just nothing but a molehill and they're going to make a mountain out of it. I'm talking to everybody. Amen. And if they would just give it to me and trust me, He knows how to do it perfectly in the perfect time for everything to work out for what? Somebody say, You're good. You're good. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God are pulling down a strongholds, casting down imaginations. I will say, we do have that is a scripture that I can say that is really uh, present in the church. There is people, praise God, even in this church right now, that likes to assume. Yeah. Casting down assumptions. Yeah. Well, I, they ain't talked to me in a week, Pastor. I don't think they like me. What does the Bible say? Go to them. Amen. Ain't that what the Bible says? Go to them. We don't like it, do we? Being humble makes you want to go to somebody and say, have I said anything or done anything that hurt you? Oh, no. You know what you was doing? Letting the devil play on your playground. Come on, this is the battlefield. But you know what? It's the devil's playground, too, if you'll let it be. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having the readiness to a revenge of disobedient when your obedience is fulfilled. One more scripture. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. This is a big one. Lest your adversary, because that's the that's Satan, ain't it? Should get a vantage of you. What's the word vantage? The upper hand, the edge. Amen. Get the best of you. Come on. You should, you should be more wiser enough, praise God, to understand. I've got a man of God in my life. I've got the, I've got the elders in my life. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to call them and say, Hey, Pastor, will you help me pray about this? What do I need to do about this? How do I need to handle this? And, and, and I don't know. how I, I, I can't say it no other way. And quit talking to them. some of them idiots. It's are talking to. You know, them ones that don't have a home church, that don't have a pastor, that don't live right, but you know what? When you go to them, they always can give you advice. They're, they're, I'm telling you, emo, they can speak in tongues when when they, when you when you make them exalted. Ooh, I'm spiritual. Yeah, I can tell you exactly what God wants you. I won't even let a man, not even. I had a, a young minister call me not too long ago. He said, Brother Orton, I, I, I got a word for you. Okay. He said, Well, I didn't know if you'd really receive it or not, but I, I feel like I need to tell you this. Well, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. He told me, and I, he said, Well, he said, You received it better than I thought. I said, Yeah, I appreciate it. You know what I done? That wasn't my man of God. That wasn't my presbyter. That wasn't my general superintendent. That ain't an elder in my life. They ain't speaking to me. Amen. Come on, let Satan get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant, con- ignorant of his devices. I'm telling you, ignorant of his devices. We need to quit being so ignorant to the devil's devices. Come on, he don't come with a pitchfork and and you know horns and and a, a long uh, uh, tail. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes it just comes in the form of a real nice, sweet, gentle spirit, you know, a loved one or somebody from another church saying, "Um, you still living at your pastor, you still going to that church, Brother Orton, real gentle, sweet, and cunning, well, y'all know where I'm getting at, all right? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hello. And one more thing. My wife loves this scripture. And I was going to give her this part tonight. And she bailed out on us. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren or sister, be strong in the Lord. How can you be strong in the Lord? Do what the scripture says. Humble yourself, submit yourself, and cast your cares on Him. And in the power of His might, then He says, "Here I'm going to tell you what you know. What's how to overcome the devil? Put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers." of darkness of this world against spiritual weaknesses in high places. Wherefore, taken to you the whole armor. Somebody say whole. You can't leave, you, you know, something that you don't like. Well, I don't need that. The whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil days. And then having to done all to stand He repeats it again in 6 and 14. Stand therefore, having your loins, the first thing you gotta have is your loins girded about with truth. You know what that is? Your loins, it's a girdle, it's a belt that holds all the rest of your armor, pulling in tight, and that's truth. When you got truth, truth will defend you. Truth will fight for you. Amen. Amen. Got to have truth. And having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shot with a preparation of the gospel of peace above all the shield of faith wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Keep your faith. Amen. And listen to this next one. Take The helmet of salvation. What is that? It protects your mind. You know what the devil does, praise God, when he turns around, if you you don't have your helmet on, the first thing he does, praise God, he battles your mind. And when he can get in your mind, you know what will happen, praise God? Your heart can beat People can get hurt and their hearts still beat but then their mind can completely die and they're a vegetable. Protect your mind. Let the helmet of salvation and the sword of a spirit, your sword, which is what? As we said about the Lord said, it is written, And then here's one, praise God, none of us don't like, but this is strong, the last one. Praying always. Somebody say that. Everybody from front to backside, Praying always. With, With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Come on, if you got the Holy Ghost, I don't know why in the world, praise God, amen, you can't be able to speak in tongues every day. Why do we only speak in tongues when at church? Just to show off? Come on. My wife, praise God, when I'm over in my chair and she's sitting in hers, and usually in the early morning, we're praying, praise God, first thing, she's speaking in tongues. And I'll tell you, and she's got to speak in tongues pretty quickly, praise the Lord, or if she don't, she's falling asleep and speaking in the natural tongues. <laughs> So, but she's normally only speaking in tongues. All right, praying always with all prayer and supplication for all saints. God.
1: Yeah. Amen. Psalms chapter five and eleven. This is talking about trusting God. Is talking about casting your cares on. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Amen. Um, Before I continue, something that really goes with this Bible study and something that God and I need to work on, but we all need to work on so much is thankfulness we struggle with thankfulness so much and the bible doesn't say to be thankful when you know you have buckets of money in your bank account you're driving a fancy car you know you're not going through anything you're on a mountaintop it says give thanks in all things for this is the will of god concerning christ jesus in all things, no matter what your situation. And I know, you know, we like to cast that stone and say, well, it's easier said than done. Or why don't you walk in my shoes? You, you don't know what another person is going through. But, but at the same time, don't pretend like your situation is just so much worse than anybody else's. But regardless, trusting God is having faith in the covering that we talked about and knowing that his ways are perfect. I I exhorted a little bit on it, I believe, Sunday night. His ways are perfect. And no matter the struggle, no matter the trial, no matter the, the tribulation that you might be going through, he sees it all. And when we're going through the tribulation and the struggle and we're in the middle of the road and all we can feel is the turmoil he sees the end he already my wife she i wasn't there but at the last ladies meeting she spoke about fighting from a place of victory when we're always down you cannot be victorious but you have to learn how to fight with victory when you when it feels like you are down that's part of having that whole armor that we just read about girding yourself and I'll tell you, a big one that, that I, I really think gets skipped over and not really exhorted on enough is having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That is 99% of our battle. Because our palace is our peace, our home is our peace, our mind is our peace. What is the very first thing that we be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind? having a peaceful mind. When you keep your mind upon God, when you keep your mind upon him, he will keep you in perfect peace. But we are destroying our own peace. We can't trust God when our world is not in peace, when we're not every day putting on those shoes. And where we walk determines how much peace we have or where our peace is. And being able to fight from a place of victory, God's not the author of confusion. So yes, it does depend on who you spend the most time with. You know, and and you have people that constantly want to yell out and talk about how well we're supposed to be the church. We're supposed to be the church. You better examine yourself when you say that, because. You're high you're holding yourself up to a really high standard when you say we're so, and yes, we are supposed to be the church. This building isn't just a building. Yeah, we call it the church and we gather together and worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus, we have that opportunity. But if we're the church, that means we're walking and representing God everywhere we go. And God ain't going some places y'all are going. I'm talking about, I'm still talking about, it might not sound like it, but I'm talking about trusting God. You have people, you have social media, you have television shows, you have f- uh, co-workers that are destroying your peace, and therefore, it's making it harder to trust in God, and therefore, uh, you wonder why you face fear at home, why your kids are having nightmares, why, why... Yourself out amen. Amen. Trusting in God, Proverbs three and five says, "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, not part of it, not on a sunny day, a rainy day." Y'all have seen the, y'all seen the the uh, conversation on, on the minister's text. Pastor's sick of winter. He's ready for he's ready for spring. Amen. Well, Sister Orton loves spring, but she hates the bugs and she hates the hot weather and she hates the snakes and she hates the I'm just going to tell you, we went from negative 25 one day to the next weekend being 45. That's a 90-degree or, no, like 65. It it was like a 90-degree interval. There's days in winter I love, but there's days in winter that I complain. There's days in spring and summer I love, but there's also days in spring and summer, and this is not a rebuke to my pastoral team, okay? This is just an example. it's just an example amen but we will find it doesn't matter we will find something our flesh will find something to complain about no matter the season because god put seasons in our world pastor do you remember colorado we went to colorado for a week in that week i have never in my life seen a road shut down from a hailstorm i thought it was a blizzard it was hail I mean, we had an, like an 80, 90 degree day one day. And, and then we had a snowstorm. I mean, we th- thought Western Kentucky was bad. And Western Kentucky is bad. Was it last year or the, lib- the year before? It was April. It was 85 in the middle of the day. I remember my wife has pictures. They were up there sitting on the swing in the middle of the yard. It's like 85, and that night all of a sudden, a blizzard in April. So the world is going to toss us All kinds of things that we can either choose to be happy. What did Apostle Paul say? I think myself happy. He had gone through shipwreck. He had gone through beatings. He had gone through all manner of things. But he had to think himself happy. Why? Because happiness is a decision. Happiness is a choice. And we can either choose to trust the one who gives us life Or we can choose to complain in our state, whatever that state or season is that we're in. Because, Pastor, you said it. We have that power in our tongue. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have that authority to speak to whatever. You heard me preach about the empty gift. That thing that looks empty inside. All we have to do is speak whatever we want into existence into that gift. Because God's presence fills all things. And he already has the answers and he already knows what we need. We think we know what we need. We want to say, God, all right, I want this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. And God's saying, if I give you that, you're going to backslide. Because too much of a good thing. Why? Because why do we need a healer without a disease? Why do we need a provider, amen, with multiple millions that just keep on coming in? And we could just keep on pressing the button, pressing the button, and it's just always there. How will we ever pray for provision if we don't need a provider? Everything that we need, Brother Gary, God is right there with the answer. His word is right there with the answer. But you have to realize God knows better than you. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. We... Do not know anything. Our righteousness is filthy rags. When you think you know something, you need to erase it and, and start all over and say, okay, Lord, I submit myself, I humble myself to you because I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing except you've got it. Right. You ain't got to worry about the money in the bank because he's got it. Jay, anybody heard that song, Jay Moss. You ain't got to worry about the gas in the tank because he's got it. I know some of y'all are like, okay, Lord, you got it. Now where is it? Give it to me. <laughs> Amen. His ways are perfect. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have a boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Our love is Hey, you know what teaches us to have a perfect love, a mature love, to be able to say, um, I love my enemy. I don't care what they do to me. God's going to put you through a little thing, a few things. God's going to give you, hey, you need patience? How about being barren for 12, 12 years? God said, oh, well, you're going to have an anointing. Whoop. Here you go. I'm going to play some things upon you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, chastise you. Why? Because you're not illegitimate. You're not a bastard. You're my child. You're my son. You have inheritance. You, have, you think of the, the world's greatest riches, and you have so much more than that. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But I'm going to put you through something because I need you to be to go through this to have that mature love. That no matter what somebody says against you, no matter what somebody, uh, if they spit to you, Jesus was spit upon. Smack, up, food, Amen. Though they, Sister Heather sent me the scripture. She said, "Though they stray me, I think she meant slay me." Though they slay me, yet will I trust him. The problem is sometimes we yeah, we gotta shut those out, those, those of them that, that we think are slaying us. Right. Because honestly, our own voice is our own worst enemy. Because we speak against our own miracle, we speak against our own victory. Oh, yeah. We speak against what God has already promised. And you delay it sometimes. Um, 1 John 4 and 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love, because fear hath torment. You lay awake at night, just anxious, tossing and turning, not knowing how things are going to be done. Worrying about your family, worrying about just everything under the sun, worrying about your lost loved one. Fear, but God says, I've got it, trust me, submit to me. My ways are perfect. I know you don't think so, I know it's hard because it's like, okay, Lord, it's been years now, what's going on? But we have to trust him. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. The devil wants us to have fear. He wants nothing more, greater than us to have fear. But you know what else? He wants us to have hopelessness. He wants us to be hopeless. And apostolic, I'm telling you, we should be the happiest, most joy-filled people on this earth. Because I'm telling you, if we never have riches, if we never have the babies that God has promised us, if we never, amen, see some things in this world, we have truth. And when that trumpet sounds, if we live this great truth, we're, we're going to hear him say, well done, my, thy good and thy faithful servant. And that is the greatest rich that, riches that we could ever have. Right. Amen. Right. But we have to learn to trust in him.
2: Okay, be sober. First um, Peter 1 and 13, wherefore, girt up the loins of your mind. That's where it is. be sober. Um, everybody doesn't really realize what sober really means um, but it says your mind be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought up, upon unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. Um, when you look up the definition of, of sober biblically, um, the Bible defines sober as having a discipline, control, sound mind. We have to filter our trials, temptations, tests, and every thought through Scripture. That's what it means to be sober. Um, it says "Is the Bible defines sober as having a discipline no matter what you go through. You're not, okay, somebody did something horrible to you. You're not going to get them back. You're not going to cuss them. You're not going to go out. You're not going to cheat on your spouse because your spouse cheated on you. It, you know, you're not going to cheat on your taxes. So anyway. The Bible defines sober as having a disciplined, controlled, sound mind. We have to filter our trials, sure. temptations, and tests, and every thought through Scripture. Another thing says, you accept. Listen, you accept. It doesn't mean we have to accept sickness, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. If you have a disaster, sure, get it prayed about. But this says you accept both... The good and the bad things, knowing that you're able to handle whatever life throws your way without relying on drugs and alcohol to keep you afloat. A lot of people nowadays, you—it's—it's it's so uh, prevalent. Is that the word I'm looking for? Prevalent in this in this hour, you hear of everybody—they're on antidepressants and they're on this and they're on sleep medication, and they're on that, and a lot of it goes back to not being having your mind sober and it goes back to trusting God because when when it talks about having and I'm going back a little bit but when it talks about having your your mind kept on him and he'll keep you in perfect peace when you are his you don't have that trust issue sure you know things come to your mind you're like oh gosh you know what about this or what about that but if you just talk to him If you submit that over him, I have. Sometimes I've woke woke up with a horrible headache. It's just such tension just from maybe the sleep I've had the night before. I've been up worried about somebody in the church or whatever. And I'll just get up and pray, and I can feel that tension just leave. It happened this morning. It just just left me. Wherefore, a girl. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be upon be excuse me to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then it says um First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians the the abbreviations on this, I sometimes I'm like, is that Peter or is that what is this? First Thessalonians five and eight says, But let us who are of of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. It's very, 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 very important that we keep that, that always, that stability. Um, I would, I, I don't mean this mean, but if you watch someone and their lifestyle is up and down, up and down, there's, there's no consistency. People want to say, well, I love people because God is love. Well, how about it says he is faithful. Are you faithful? Because he's faithful. That's an attribute. It said he, it says he is, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. Are you stable in your beliefs? A lot of times we leave that part out. Well, yes, God is love. But what about, what about that stability in our minds? Because our knowledge is no good. It's not. Our knowledge is no good. But the word of God, it is the uh, final word. It is the perfect, the mature word of God. And sometimes when you go to reading it, it's like, what? But if you'll pray, God help me to build not my life on my words, but my life on his word. Because it lives. We were having a conversation with a um, with a man, uh, out, out to eat and he's, he's not in truth. And he was talking to us about this and that, about the scripture. And do you get new revelations and all this? I said, yes, we do. You get new revelations of the Bible. Is it new? If it goes against the Bible? No, but like scriptures will jump out at you because of maybe something you're going through. And it'll say, boom. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, that means this. I've never seen it that way. And that's the living word of God. Um, Brother Millie said it like this, uh, that the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. When we begin to clothe ourselves with the word of God, you know what that does? Our flesh, when we, when we say, okay, because the Bible says we're washed by the what? We're saved by the washing of the word. So when we take that word and we apply it to our flesh, you know what that does? It washes away me. And people begin to not see me, but they see him instead. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you're sober. Um, Remember, you accept both the good and the bad. Stuff happens. You don't lose your Holy Ghost, okay? People, I'm going to be honest with you. When the world sees the church, and all they see is people who are down and out, and I don't mean you you can't go through things, but... When they come in here and they see you not worship because you're mad at so and so, and they hear garbage, and oh so and so's fine this day, but so and so's not this day. If you're, if I'm just gonna tell you, if you're out there and you're making a good living, okay, and you're like, you want to go out to eat this day, and I'll take you, and then the next day you're like, oh, I'm sorry, my car payment's late, and they know this stuff. There's no stability we're supposed to have a good report within and without. All right? That's it's still talking about being sober because it's part it's part of it. Now, we have all made those mistakes, but I believe God is trying to can y'all say that? God is trying to mature TAC so that we can help others to get, get out of the gutters, to get out of the lifestyles of, of being just miserable and sick in sin and, and stuck on drugs because they have to have them. We shouldn't have to have them here to be sober. Man,
0: that's good. All right, I'm going to give you one more scripture, and then we're going to let Brother Matt come up uh, because he's talking about also villainous. Uh It says to be keeping carefully watch. Observing, looking out for danger, always focus on. Listen, that's the reason I told you. When you wake up in the morning time and you don't feel the devil tempting or something going wrong, you'll say, "All right, Satan, where you're at." All right, now I'm going to show you what how to be vigilant. This is what you got to do, amen. I when you watch everything, amen. One more scripture. Luke 11 and 21 says, when a strong man, armed, armed. Right. I could ask how many men in here that's armed right now, William's back there, he usually carries, Brother Tyler carries, we've got a couple on the back seat back there carrying, amen, armed, what, what you need to do is be armed spiritually. Arm spiritually. You want to be strong? Be armed spiritually. Amen. It said a strong man armed keepeth his palace. What is that palace? Where he lives is where he dwells is where he does. It's his palace. His goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him. He taketh from him his armor, wherein he trusteth, and he divides his spoil. We need to be vigilant every day. We need to be sober. Come on, how many knows you can be you can be not drunk off just the regular alcohol And beverages and other things, But you can be drunk over the, off the world Facebook can make you drunk Twitter, Instagram, and social media Can make you drunk You can be on it so much And you got off and say My God, don't even realize Man, I've been on there You check your little timer I've been on there for three hours And you ain't accomplished nothing Your mind's lost You ain't got nothing done All right? So, learn how. Let's repeat it. Learn how to fight your adversary. Submission. Humbleness. Casting your cares upon him. Means trust him. Everything. Give him everything. Give him everything. Okay? Sober. And diligent. If you'll do these, I promise you. Hey, I promise you, if a man was to come to uh, Brother John Bruner's house and he's got right on his front door, I remember it used to have it, he might not have it no more, a sign that says, this house is armed. You think he's going to turn and go to the next house? The enemy, that, that, that thief don't want to come in our, knowing that he might have a gun pointed to him. God give us the weapons, the tools, the armor, everything there is for us to be victorious and living for God. I ain't getting much, much. You look, Well, you just don't understand. Yeah, I understand. You're letting stupid flesh take over. And when flesh operates, the uh, you know what? This is what flesh is. I, he, I can't shut that. Yeah, I can. When you're spiritually, the doors are shut. The devil has no access. When you get carnal, the devil eats off of your flesh. And that's how he consumes you. He gets inside your life and then he starts working and letting you believe lies, bringing fear, bringing torment, and then he goes for the kill. So keep your do- doors shut in a sign that says, no trespassing, I'm armed. Let's give the Lord a hand.
2: Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website.
0: God is trying to shake, praise God, the church. He ain't worried about praising nobody else because you know what? If the church can get shaken, then the church can shake the world.